0: Um, I want to ask you a question. It's taken from Pastor Joel's message last week. And I've counted as of last Sunday, uh, it's been asked four times by all three of us as pastors. So by now, we should know the answer. Do you agree? So the question is, what was Jesus' last mandate before his ascension back to his father? You can shout it out. Amen. Amen. Did you all hear that? His last mandate, go and make disciples. And so I think it's really important that we remember this. Why? Because I think it's a key as to how we conduct our lives now, at this moment, and how, in fact, we minister to others. We want to lead them to the Lord, but not just leave them there. <laughs> we want to take them on in the things of God because that's what we're expected to do. God with us. God with us. God with us. What a wonderful reality. How many know today without a shadow of doubt that he is always with us? We know that without a shadow of a doubt. Sometimes we may may forget it or not realize it, but he's always with us. So do we live our lives absolutely aware every moment of the day, every second that he is with us? Because, see, if we're not aware of the fact, if, of that fact, there are many human conditions that can bombard us. Would you agree? And, in fact, some of those human conditions can bring us down to ground zero. And one of those conditions that I think is, is prevalent, especially right now, is Loneliness. And because of the, of the restrictions upon us these days, there's most probably a pandemic of loneliness. Uh, Sirashat was saying a couple of weeks ago that you know that there's also a pandemic of fear, which is absolutely true. And there's also, going along with that, a pandemic of loneliness. But I want to encourage your hearts right at the beginning this morning by immediately saying this. We've already said it. We are never alone. The Word of God is full of of precious promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And one of my favorite verses concerning this is found in Hebrews 13, verse 5. And the Amplified Bible says this so wonderfully. Says this, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Isn't that wonderful? How's that for a promise? It's a wonderful promise. Uh, former England uh, football captain uh, David Beckham, you've probably heard of him, tells the account of uh, being set off, sent, sent off the field during a ma- uh, due to a major penalty he committed in the 1998 World Cup Finals. And he says, and I quote, That walk-off was the longest walk I had ever taken and the worst I had ever felt in my life. I had to stay in the dressing room until the game was over. Those were the rules. England lost that game. We were out of the World Cup. When my fellow players came back to the dressing room, no one breathed a word to me. There was complete silence. Everyone was mad at me. I was in a crowded room, but I had never felt so lonely in my entire life. Hmm. Loneliness. It's something we've all felt at certain times in our lives. You know, It's a human condition. This is a time of year when we're thinking maybe more about the incarnation of Jesus, how he was born as a man-child whose ultimate purpose in coming to earth was to give his life as a ransom and to seek and save the lost. Hallelujah. I've also been thinking about Mary, you know, his earthly mother. After she was given the message from the angel in Luke 1, she received this incredible news that she was a woman who had found favor with God and she was to bear the Savior of the world. The angel continued to say, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you like a cloud. What was her reaction? She humbly said to the angel, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. It also says that Mary hid these things in her heart. Notice, I I think this is an incredible thing. She didn't go and blab it all out to her friends. Guess what? I had an angelic visitation. You should have heard the message I got. I must be so special. No, in fact, she was a very young woman, and the news she had received would have been perplexing to her. She, for example, would have probably be concerned what this news would do to her betrothal to Joseph and all the family members who would have to find out that she was pregnant. I have a sense that despite all of this glorious news, and indeed it was glorious news, she may have found herself feeling somewhat lonely and forlorn, don't you think? Le- reading between the lines. However, she goes to visit her, her, uh, uh, her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with John the Baptist. And he literally leapt, it says, in Elizabeth's womb as Mary came through the door with a greeting. Whatever Mary had been feeling up to then became seemingly unnoticeable because she entered into deep worship right there and then, and it flowed out of her. You can read it in Luke 1, verses 45 to 46. It's called the Magnificat, and it's so wonderfully inspiring. Do you know that worship is a wonderful antidote for loneliness? Isn't that true? You know why? Because it knits our hearts with our Lord, and we feel his nearness and comfort. Isn't that wonderful? When we worship here together, or we worship at home, we feel it. When we worship here together, we feel it's such a wonderful comfort. I'm sure Mary would have felt that close relationship there also from God the Father. She would have experienced his nearness, his being with her, when she would have needed it the most. Mm, Loneliness. What causes this feeling? For so many, it's a crippling, devastating place to be. This time of year, many feel it even more than usual. For some, it's a lack of family, nobody to spend time with or eat with. You know, my heart goes out to such people. And As the body of Christ, there's much we can do, isn't there, to make people feel included. Unfortunately, this year, it's not possible to have social times with other people. But just a phone call or a text can mean so much to so many. And this is, I know so many of you do that also here. Some people feel loneliness because they're the only ones in their family who know Jesus. Uh, wives whose husbands are not saved, for example. It becomes difficult to share with the ones you would most love to have fellowship with. It leaves a feeling of loneliness. Losing a loved one or a spouse can bring about devastating loneliness. I've heard so many people say to me, however, how they have felt the Lord's comfort and his arms wrapped around them during these times. And even though grief doesn't go away, it's always there. That feeling of loss will always be there. However, how wonderful to know his presence and his closeness, even at such extreme times. God is with us. There's somebody that comes to this church. She's even here this morning. And um, she's gone through profound loss in her life. And um, I know there are times when she feels that loss and I text her or she texts me. And then she says to me, don't worry, God is in the house. And she means her house here. I'm always thrilled when I hear that because you know what? It shows me that that person really knows what it is to have God with her, God with us. So psychologists have found that loneliness has become profound these days. There's a desperate need to be connected to someone. That connection, though, is proving to be with just about anyone or everyone. It doesn't even have to be somebody special in a person's life. And people are trying to ease the feeling by connecting with people on social media. People have begun to tweet or communicate on social media platforms, anything and everything, so that they can just feel that connection with others. They will tell people things like what they had for breakfast or say, I'm off to the dentist to get my teeth cleaned. Maybe all of that communication might come under the heading of what Pastor Joel was speaking about last week, asking ourselves the question, am I a boring person? But what this is showing is that there's a desperate need to connect and feel close to people. However, social media will never be able to fill that void or scratch that itch. Now, Nikki Gumbel, founder of Alpha, has written an article about loneliness and stated that one cause of loneliness, which I found very surprising when I read it, and you probably will too, was apparently quarreling with somebody or being let down by a friend. And this can leave a person with a strong feeling of vulnerability and disappointment and a feeling of being lonely or bereft without that person. We have all maybe experienced this to some degree, Um, you know, along the years, and, you know, very often children in school or teenagers have a falling out, you know, with a best friend and are left out of playing or hanging with others. They actually go through an achingly sad and lonely time. One of our little granddaughters is telling me of a little boy in her class who was being left out, and she went to play with him because she felt sorry for him. That, I have to tell you, that really warmed my heart. As adults, there are times when we all get misunderstood for whatever reason, and the result is a broken relationship, and you feel that loss of that friend. Isn't that true? Um, And even though they're still alive, relationship has been severed, and there's a grief associated with it. I think King David felt like this, you know, because he says in Psalm 41, verse 9, Even my own close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate of my bread, in other words, he'd been at his table eating with him, has lifted up his heel against me, betraying me, you see, strangers don't hurt anywhere near as much as close friends, especially those in the body of Christ. Unfortunately, this does happen in and among the body of believers. Should it be the case? No, it shouldn't. But unfortunately, it is a fact. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said to two ladies in his letter to the church in Philippians, chapter 4. I urge you, Euodia, and I urge you, Saint Tishy, agree and to work in harmony in the lord is that up yes can you read what it says there it says i don't know why he listed me first since you're the one who started it (laughs) and so they were something was going on there when he wrote that and it wasn't very pleasant and in fact it must have been affecting the whole church so much so that there had to be an apostolic direction given and by the way speaking of loneliness paul was writing this from prison (laughs) <laughs> Do you think he was lonely? Even if he was, he doesn't appear to be giving into it because in this same epistle, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He knew by experience that God was with him. Wherever he was and whatever circumstance he found himself in, God was with him. He knew that. We have actually visited, you know, his, his prison where he was kept in Rome. And it's a dungeon. It's a very small space. And even for a short person like me, it's impossible to stand up straight inside it. And I remember being there for, you know, about 15, 20 minutes and asking the Lord for forgiveness, really, uh, for all of my complaints, you know, uh, which are so minute in comparison to what Paul went through for the cause of Christ, Now, let's talk for a few minutes because it's becoming increasingly more and more important. If ever there was a need to keep the spirit of unity and the bond of peace, it's right now. Maybe because people are not able to go out as much or be involved in life's commitments as much. Personal contact is limited. Therefore, people are spending much more time, as we said earlier, online to help ease the loneliness fell from a lack of face-to-face friendship and fellowship. So there's a lot of things people are getting online, and even on Christian websites, of course, and ingesting into into their spirits things that are not always helpful. And unfortunately, what we are seeing is an epidemic of division in the body of believers. For example, some well-known Christian leaders are proclaiming what they believe, while there are others who totally disagree with what they're saying, and it's all producing a prevailing attitude of division in the church, especially in North America. There is a political strife that has been unleashed all around us, and it's causing unrest, and it's causing factions. This is bringing a strong divide, believe it or not, even if you haven't thought of this before, but this divide is creating a strong feeling of loneliness. See, we can have the attitude of thinking, I believe I'm right because the Lord has told me I am. While somebody else in the body has a completely different view of things, and they also feel equally as strongly that the Lord has told them they are right, how many know that there's something seriously wrong with this picture? relationships are being affected, loneliness ensues. Why? Because, well, I'd better keep myself to myself because some of my friends are totally disagreeing with me. Loneliness, division, hatched by the enemy. Listen to this. This is important. When Jesus was in the process of calling and teaching his disciples, he said it this way. Again, I'm reading it from the Amplified. Mark 8, verse 34. He says, Jesus says this, If anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, and lose sight of himself and his own interests, and take up his cross, joining me as a disciple. And listen to this. This is what I want us to hear. Side and side with my party. Follow me continually, cleaving steadfastly to me. What party are we aligned to this morning? Please, please, please let us agree together in the spirit of unity that we are following him, siding with his party. Come on. Say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Following following you is not belonging or aligning with an earthly political party because yours is an eternal kingdom. Jesus himself said, my kingdom is not of this world. The church of Jesus Christ must understand that to be aligned to a political party is okay. Everyone has a personal choice as long as we understand that it doesn't replace or ever take over in importance the gospel of the kingdom. Please say amen again because that's very important. I'm reading articles these days written by sincere pastors who are brokenhearted because there are literally hundreds of people leaving congregations because these particular shepherds have made a covenant with the Lord that they will only preach Jesus, as the Apostle Paul said, I preach Jesus and him crucified. They do not preach earthly politics or will not urge their people to vote a certain way. The house of God must always, must always, must always be a place where the pulpit, if you like, is only to proclaim jesus jesus must be the only one who is lifted up he must be the only one whose name is above every other name when this happens sheep will not become scattered in droves and the house of god will continually be being built up jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone and the capstone hallelujah it's possible and highly probable that as a group of people we may not always agree on a lot of things however none of this should ever be allowed to separate us into factions none of this should be allowed to cause people to break off relationship why can i say that because jesus said so in mark 3 if a kingdom is divided, split into factions, and rebelling against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided, it again cannot stand. We must stand together for one thing, and that is Jesus and his lordship and his rulership. <laughs> I'm reminded of a song we used to sing here called, We Stand Together. Do you remember that song? The last line of one of those verses says this, Differences forgotten. forgotten. In the face of his begotten son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Can we do that? Surely he and he alone is our plumb line. I'm filled with gratitude today at the revelation of the glorious son who came as a frail baby into this world to die for mankind and indeed the whosoever. My aim is to continue to lift him up lift up the glory of the finished sacrifice, lift up his resurrection power that now abides in me and in you. We are in him, and he is in us, in close, intimate relationship with us and us with him. There is no other message on earth that compares with with that. There's certainly no political party or no earthly man that can compare with the man, Christ Jesus, (laughs) or compare with what he has accomplished once and for all for the world. Come on, say hallelujah this morning. God himself has come to be with us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isaiah the prophet prophesied of the one that was to come, Jesus, the coming Messiah. In chapter 9, starting with verse 6. For unto us a child shall be born, unto us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting, Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end, no end. To the increase of his government and over his king uh, and, and of peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal, the zeal, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen earthly justice is good. We need to have justice in our land because we need to protect the rights of the marginalized and the unborn and the many other social ills of our time. Yes, let's use our voices to uphold justice. However, let's remember that even right now at this moment in time, he, my Jesus, your Jesus, God incarnate, holds the world in his mighty hand. He alone rules and reigns. He alone has the ultimate authority. And even if we Christians, you know don't get uh or we may be concerned that we're losing things we're losing our christian rights let's remember that we cannot suffer loss why because we are part of his eternal kingdom there is a son who is even now interceding for us at the right hand on majesty on high. He alone is the righteous ruler. And trust me, there will be righteous justice. I love the song of Moses in Deuteronomy. Uh, 32 says, ascribe greatness and honor to our God the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness without, without, without injustice. Just And upright is he. Hallelujah. We are never, ever left alone. He knows our concerns. He has our best interests at heart. God is with us. What have we to fear? (laughs) Let's not ever write each other off. That is division. Let's instead give each other the freedom to disagree without the breakdown of relationship in Christ Jesus. Because it's our relationship with him, the Prince of Peace, that is our eternal destiny. We must be peacemakers in our divided society. Jesus taught in his, you know, Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. Are others out there viewing us as peacemakers? Or do they view us as people continually, rigidly arguing over what we feel is right and important? God forbid this to be the case. See, we are free to align ourselves to what our conscience dictates to us personally, even concerning earthly governments. And we should be praying to have discernment. And look, it may be different to what others feel and believe, even in the body of believers. But it's not my job to judge another in that respect. If that happens, it will divide us and cause and result in acute loneliness and hurt indeed we will have allowed the enemy to win a major battle of being able to divide us I'm not prepared to let that ever happen neither should anyone else who says they are in Christ Jesus our eternal destiny is in his hands whatever happens in our world his purpose will prevail and beloved he does have purpose for the world It's an eternal purpose, not limited by any means to the limited uh, capabilities of mere man or woman. (laughs) Our mandate is to come alongside the hurting and the lonely and point them to Jesus. When we do that, an avalanche, an avalanche of his kindness and compassion comes to the weary and the brokenhearted and to the lonely souls. I am so rejoicing in the fact today that Emmanuel, God, is with us. And because of Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, we can say not only with us, but in us. Christ in you, Christ in me is indeed the hope of glory. I am not lonely. I don't need to be lonely. In fact, I will not accept or partner with it when the enemy offers it to me. You may be saying right now, well, it's okay for you to say that, Pastor Janet. You're surrounded by a large family. You could never be lonely. The fact is, and it's a known fact, that you could be surrounded by people and still be lonely. But the wonderful thing is that God himself is with us. Emmanuel, I love what the psalmist David said. And he no doubt, even though surrounded by many people, had times of loneliness, as we've already stated. Because there were times where not just one or two were against him, but on one occasion all of his mighty men wanted to get rid of him and kill him. Talk about disunity. It was only him and the Lord his God at Ziklag. When everyone was against him, what did he do? He went and he encouraged himself in the Lord. He not only knew the presence of the Lord in the good times, but also in the not so good, even at his most loneliest and desperate of times. Also, when he knew he was in the wrong and needed to repent, he called on the Lord. He didn't run from the Lord, but ran to him. He wrote this, psalm, he wrote this in Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will take hold of me. What an encouragement for us today. There's nowhere we can go that he won't be there with us. Hallelujah. (laughs) when we are in relationship with jesus we are never alone he is always with us let's be encouraged today the enemy may try and send thoughts our way and say no one likes you no one likes to be with you people don't value your friendship you really are all alone lies lies lies. These thoughts cause division and extreme loneliness. And let me tell you, it's never from the Lord. Our friendship, our fellowship, our togetherness should never just rest on mere earthly structures. Our fellowship is based on the fact that we are being built up into him together. On the fact that we are being conformed to his image together. On the fact that we are the church, a community of God's people who are actually aware that God is with us. We are not a divided body of Christ. We are one. Let's draw the line in the sand this morning. Let's say, no, we will not allow the spirit of this present age to divide us. We have been brought together through the new and living way of the cross. Jesus has become our friend and our brother. How absolutely amazing is that? That moment in time when Father God sent his son, born of a virgin, to planet earth. His life became a mission. His mission was to populate heaven with the whosoever who would come to him. Now we too are on a mission, are we not? Our mission is to make him glorious in all of the earth and to make disciples of Jesus who alone is the way, the truth, and the life as we sang this morning. Will you agree with me today? Can you say amen to our heavenly calling in Christ Jesus? We are moving forward in purpose and in the unity of the Holy Spirit. No, we are never alone. God is with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me today? Let's receive our comfort from him this morning as we pray. Maybe there are some here today or some who are watching online who are feeling lonely, sad. Maybe the circumstances in life are piling up and seem to be collapsing all over you. You feel as though you have no one to support you. You may feel utterly alone. However, let me say God himself is for you. God himself is with you. God himself is in you. He will never let you down or forsake you. As we pray now, I know you're going to experience great waves of his love I I think I'm prophesying to you right now as we pray together you're going to feel great waves of his love coming to you his arms are even now at this moment wrapped around you tightly because his love for you is over the top let's pray amen yes we do we choose Jesus let's pray heavenly father Isaiah prophesied this concerning you, the coming Messiah. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. Jesus, when you walked in this earth, you knew the pain of people who did not want to have anything to do with you, even though you had come to save them. You you felt the pain of betrayal. The greatest part of your suffering on the cross was the moment when even your father had to turn his back on you. As you bore the unimaginable sin of the whole world. At that moment you cried out in anguish, my father why have you forsaken me? In your humanity, humanity you felt our humanity. Your life on earth from the cradle to the cross was for us. We were indeed that joy that was set before you. With this revelation in our hearts today, we want to say thank you, oh Jesus, thank you. Therefore, we do not want to partner with or give in to the defeat of loneliness, even though at times we may feel it, and at times it may be painful, and maybe others around will never be able to fully understand the depth of what we are feeling. However, may we always come back to what you have accomplished for us. You indeed have become our Emmanuel. Not only with us, but in us. We are indeed never alone. We are never without solace. Now as your disciples, may we endeavor to come alongside the weary, the lonely of heart, the broken. May we be as Jesus to them. May they, through us, feel your great love toward them. May we be encouragers, cheer others on in the things of God. May our words always be words of your truth, well-oiled with your grace. May we be your anointed ones, able to minister to the brokenhearted and bring your comfort and joy. As the body of Christ in this house, may we never contribute in any way to anything that would bring division among us. May our hearts continually be joined to your heart so that we know what you're saying and know what you're doing in our times. We worship you, almighty God. There is none, there is none like you. Let's just worship for one or two minutes together. Feel his arms right now wrapped around you. Feel his love coming toward you. Feel him saying to you and know he's saying to you, you are never alone. I am with you. I am always and always will be with you. Amen. Let's worship.